Hi, this is Martin Davis. This is episode number seven of my podcast, Martin Davis Mansplains. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about Coach John Wooden, who was the UCLA basketball coach for many years, retired in 1975, passed away a few years ago at the age of 99. And he was an expert, maybe the, the greatest expert of all time at helping young people maximize their potential, which he considered the the whole object of what he was trying to do. He didn't care about winning or losing games. He cared about taking individuals or working with individuals and helping them do the best at whatever it is they were attempting to do with their lives. And he was picky about the people that he coached. He was in a position where he could be after he went to UCLA and had actually uh, achieved a level of success that caused young men who were uh, basketball players to want to play for him. He didn't recruit. He never uh, made the initial contact with the players that he coached. Uh, They had to reach out to him either personally or through an intermediary, usually one of their a coach, and let him know that they were interested in, in playing for UCLA and begin the dialogue with him. And because of that, he didn't uh, have an opportunity to coach some players that had he had a different philosophy about recruiting, uh, he might have been able to uh, persuade to come to UCLA, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted people that were interested in working with him before he was interested in working with them, which in 2021 is, <laughs> it's pretty amazing uh, that you could have any success at all at high, at that high level of intercollegiate sports or, or any other type of athletics, really. Uh, high school is, is very competitive now. I mean, it's, there's so much money involved in sports and basketball that, um, it's, it's, it sounds quaint, it sounds stupid, and believe me, when he was coaching, that was not the rule. Um, athletes were being paid under the table. Uh, I've got a friend whose father was a, a great, great football player, a collegiate football player back in the 1930s, and I'm not going to mention the school. Uh, he was a Denny, but he was an All-American. I mean, he's a great, great football player, and uh, uh, he was getting paid. And, and other guys on his team were getting paid. And it was a, it's an institution that that would astound you if I mentioned what it was, that even back then, because football's never been a real emphasis at that school. But uh, at that particular time in the school's history, they had a great coach. And uh, anyway, uh, it's always been a pretty, this is a commercial republic and people want to pay for success. They will pay to be successful and alumni like to brag about their school. So anyway, that's that way the coach wouldn't went about um, working with with young people at UCLA. And um, once they uh, enrolled in the school, became students, and he, he considered them to be students before they were basketball players. Um, he he uh, took two hours of their time a day for practice. And of course, when they uh, played, you know, involved a little more time on those days. But, you know, looking at, at the difference between then and now is just astounding. 
But I think that were he still coaching today, I think he would uh, be just as successful, if not more so. He'd have a tough time. He didn't. He. I think the reason he retired in 1975, he said he just didn't want to put up with what he called the falderall. And he he meant the media exposure and just the. He felt like he was a, he was becoming a celebrity, required to become a celebrity to coach, and he considered himself to be a teacher and a leader. And it just went against his 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 grain. I mean, his his just his total worldview. He couldn't deal with that. He he was a very modest person, and um, and so after he won his tenth and final national championship in 1975, he retired. He never made more than thirty-seven thousand dollars a year coaching basketball for UCLA, and. Uh, The really successful college basketball coaches now are making five, six, seven million dollars a year. Um, you know that's that's what the public figure is, and it's probably more than that. And you just shake your head. And he could have made a lot more money when he coached, but he didn't want to take any more money from the university than a tenured professor. And at that, and when he retired, a tenured professor at UCLA uh, maxed out at thirty-seven. At least that's the story I've heard. So. A totally different mindset, but the way Coach Wooden uh, uh, tried to to work and, and tried to live his life and tried to instill in his players was he he wanted to be the best coach he could possibly be. He, he wanted to be the best, most successful human being he could possibly be, and he tried to live by certain principles and was always aware that he was trying to to be the kind of person that the principles, he felt like the principles would allow him to become. And he tried to um, impress that upon his players. And he, over a period of years, he, he took, uh, he was very fortunate in that when he was in high school and college, he played for some very good coaches, really great coaches. And uh, they had some, some principles that uh, they taught him and he built on what they had taught him plus what he had learned from his father. And he came up with what he called his pyramid of success. In other words, if you try to incorporate these principles into your worldview and try to uh, uh, reflect them in, in whatever task you were trying to achieve, uh, that was the way to become a successful person. And again, his, his idea of success was just, we all have limitations as to talent and ability and, and time a lot. You know, there's, there's, constraints on how successful we could possibly be, what's in our control to, what's in our ability to control. And he felt like if you, if you just did your best in life, you were a champion, no matter what level of worldly recognition or success that, that, that effort generated. And that takes all the pride off of someone that is trying to perform. Uh, and I, we're all just so guilty of, we want the world to think well of us. We, we always uh, evaluate ourselves based on other people, you know, uh, and when you get into a situation like that, there's always somebody out there is better than you are. And when you base your self-worth on somebody that is, is better than you, or, you know, just, you can't perform up to your best. There are certain tasks you've got to do to be as good as you can be. And if you just focus on the task and on the, on the, 
on the doing of that, you've got a chance to improve and become better than you were before. And, and to him, that was everything because we can always improve no matter what. Every day, no matter what task we're trying to perform, we can always do it a little bit better. And that's what he tried to instill in his players. And so anyway, he developed um, a set of principles to apply to your life, to allow you to perform to the best of your ability. And he called it his pyramid of success. And the reason he chose a pyramid is the, and he pointed out the ancient pyramids are, are a engineering miracle in humanity's history. I mean, it's, and nobody even knows how they were able to do it today, despite all the technological advances that society or the world has made since then. Um, and the, the most perfectly constructed structures mankind has ever been able to, to create are ancient pyramids, uh, many of which are still intact. And it's it's amazing with the help, considering the primitive materials and technology that was available at that time. To, to undertake any kind of building project that, that human beings were able to do that. And so he believed that the principles that he had identified that he was trying to instill in his, in his players would build a structure that was very strong. And so he chose the pyramid to represent, you know, the whole, uh, this, the, the, the representation of how strongly he felt these, these principles are. The base of the pyramid were the principles of industriousness, friendship, loyalty, cooperation, and enthusiasm. He, he called those the building blocks of his pyramid. Uh, obviously, you need to work hard. Um, there's just no way around it. And working hard is, is, you need to work smart in addition to work hard. And he was, when he was leading his, his players, he was an expert at basketball. He really understood the fundamental principles of basketball at the time that he was coaching. And they've evolved since then. You know, there's, there's more knowledge now about basketball. Actually, there's a lot more. But he knew it, during the period that in which he played and lived and was involved in the game, he was, he was as sophisticated and as knowledgeable about basketball. And he was able to... Uh, pick out the things that were really important about the game. And uh, he was a master organizer. His, his, he had two-hour practices, and he had literally every second of every practice scheduled and thought out and prepared. And he could go back. He kept such detailed records of his, of his practice schedules and structures that he could go back a period of years and, you know, go to a practice and figure out and, and refer to that if the team was, you know, in a situation that he thought might benefit from that previous experience. And, and he, and he wrote about, and he chronicled after the practice, you know, this is what occurred. You know, he was just incredibly uh, detailed man, just incredibly detailed and is, is just amazing. So it, he, he exemplified industriousness to his players and they worked hard for the two hours practice every day that they worked very hard um friendship and he wasn't when he talked about friendship he wanted uh he felt it was, it was anytime you're involved in any kind of collective enterprise with other people you've got to be friendly you've got but not 
uh, uh, it's not a social type of friendliness. It's a uh, pleasant, optimistic, enthusiastic, uh, happy, uh, focused, uh, patient kind of friendship. In other words, you know, you're not trying to, to develop a social relationship person. You're trying to uh, you're trying to come together to achieve something that's going to be beneficial for both of you. And there's got to be goodwill and there's got to be respect and toleration and, and you know, all the things that we really struggle with individually. But we've got to be friendship. We've got to be friends. And uh, he had a tough time as a coach uh, because when he initially uh, became a coach in high, when, he was teaching high, when he was teaching and coaching in high school, uh, there were some players he liked a lot. And he learned that he couldn't personally and he just couldn't show that because it, it, it just it just what it didn't fit in so he 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 did his very best to treat every player in the same respectful friendly uh professorial way and he got very good at that uh loyalties uh loyalty and friendship are, are extremely uh, entwined uh he took he, he likened it to being uh, uh, soldiers or, you know, anybody that's involved in a very difficult, uh, arduous um, uh, endeavor, dangerous, you know, all, you know, all these things that, that bind people in wartime. He, he tried a spirit of core, spirit de corps. He, he tried to instill that uh, and, 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 and make the players aware that, hey, you know, we're in this together. And, you know, we're trying to battle. We're doing battle here against ourselves and against, you know, the opposition when we when we get involved in a competitive situation. Uh, cooperation, obviously, you know, you need to cooperate with people. You need to work with them closely. You need to put them before yourself. You need to try to help them succeed before you help, try to help yourself succeed. And when you do that, when you have that mindset, everybody does better. And then enthusiasm. You, you know, even the days you're, you're, you don't feel well or the days you're frustrated, you know, whatever it is, You've got to keep that level of enthusiasm up and you've got to put the, the, the collective, the group before yourself, whether it's your business or your athletic team or your marriage or, or you know, whatever it is. And those are the five building blocks that, that hold the whole structure up. And he was just adamant about those, those five instilling those. Um, it's been a great session. We'll pick this up uh, next Friday, and I look forward to talking to you. Thanks. This is Martin Davis, Martin Davis Mansplains. Thank you.